Hello, and welcome to the AI Times Automation Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Safranis, and today I'm on with Nate Baker. Nate, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hello, guys. I am Nate Baker. I am an AI marketing strategist using generative AI and data. I call myself a new school marketing strategist, if you will. That's interesting. So how do you use AI and, and this kind of tech in your job? I technically don't have a job. I kind of work for myself, but I define my own job as something close to a broker. I realized from the root perspective of marketing, if you're within the market, whether it's a sports betting market, a financial market, or the retail market, what you're doing on a daily basis is looking for value and you're uh, trading that value. What I do daily is I use social media platforms, which I feel like it's like a baby, they're baby versions of markets. My mind, I believe we're going to have graphs that are going to they're going to show like the trends of like attention, just that's similar to the graphs in the stock market sooner or later. But uh, the social media graphs are just like that. So I use social media to understand like what where the value is in the market. And um, recently, I honed in on um, just focusing on high ticket digital products um, and um, figuring out how to uh, where the where is the um, demand and then where is it lacking and um, providing that they're using AI tools to build up that those digital assets and really quickly and then provide it to the communities. That's interesting. What do you mean by digital high ticket digital assets? There's a very important thing in this world called knowledge and knowledge. Once you figure out how to target the people who like to purchase knowledge, that they purchase knowledge in a certain format. And those people who purchase knowledge typically are more of high ticket clients. They understand the importance of knowledge and they are willing to pay the money to take the knowledge because they know that it gets them further in life. It's, it's more valuable than a certain asset. So I take knowledge and I make knowledge an asset. And I find in a market where there's a lack of knowledge in certain areas, using AI you can present yourself as an expert and being an expert is a way to circumvent the trust factor. You're not really circumventing the trust factor. You're more so like expediting a process to be trusted. And once you're trusted as a marketer, you, you have a fan group and you have a community and then you have loyal customers. So you're saying you're targeting areas where there's not much maybe digital assets or courses or training. So what are some of those areas that don't have as much training or courses? This sucks to say, but honestly, all areas, I'll help, I'll hone in and, and, and be more direct soon. But I want everyone who's listening to know that any area of knowledge right now is lacking a ridiculous amount of, of value. That there's over history, if you pay attention to history, there weren't many what you call cultures or ways of thinking shared or allowed. And in the time frame that we're living now, the control that was there before cannot continue to be because of the way that information is coming out, how fast it's coming out. So now more like all this information is out, it's all out. AI allows you to continue to push out information. The only thing is it's not organized. So what we're doing now as marketers and as um, salespeople is we're finding these areas that 
are already saying, hey, we are ready to learn this next level of information. And we are locating other areas that are already having that information and we're connecting it. You can almost say like affiliate, sometimes you could just be an affiliate and other times you can just, with AI, reverse engineer the process and take 100% of the returns. So it's, it's um, when I say all areas, I really mean think about something really deeply and go six levels deep into it. Once you get to the fourth level of deepness, you'll realize that on Google or probably even ChatGPT, there's this level of information that it starts to break off and it's not as much knowledge there. That's the entry point. That's where you can really take off and use the things from the first few levels of knowledge to um, market yourself as this expert and teach the things from the fourth, fifth, and sixth levels as your upsell um, items and whatnot. And do you have a practical example you could share? Yeah, I use myself all the time. I have three different products, maybe. I have, let's see, thinking about it off the top of my head. I, I can think about two off the top of my head. So I have a product called Spiritual Techie, and I also have another product. Oh, yeah, so three of them, yes. I have a brand called Spiritual Techie, and a brand called Street Coders, and a brand called AutoNate. And so the Street Coders brand, or the Spiritual Techie brand, um, this brand takes the what i like to call pies or communities it it takes the pie from the spiritual realm and all of the science and nuances there and it also takes the pie from the the techie realm in terms of like coding and science and physics and math and it combines the two and it finds intersections between the knowledge and whatnot and so that that intersection that i did not create that intersection that i've fallen upon is already live and available in many places around the world. But if you go to those areas, you'll notice that there are only like 200,000 people watching those videos or maybe 300,000, a few million, not anything significant compared to other videos. So what it shows me is that this knowledge is available and also it's also available for me to put my twist on it as after I learn it and whatnot. But now it's also available for me to find areas in the world where they have no idea that this knowledge is um, available. And I find that by communicating. I find that by putting out content and seeing who likes this certain content. I may not be directly saying, hey, this is a spiritual post. I may say something about my life in a marketing, in a blog, and or the LinkedIn post. And I'm using certain keywords and paying attention to certain, like, semantics here. And for the people who are really hitting, the people that's really responding in my inbox or in the, in the comments, these are my three to 5% of people that I would typically convert into paying clients. But instead of trying to convert them, I actually take that three to 5% and actually make them my 100% in my, my whole focus now. And I utilizing the free content on LinkedIn that they post and the different things that they talk to me about, I figure out a persona that is just like those people who live on LinkedIn and now my target and it's even like it's even more direct. And when I go out and I make content, I'm drawing out, draw, driving in even more. When I'm engaging with people, it's more targeted, more engaging. It's a, it's a really cool idea. It's just honestly, it's just day trading the retail market in my mind, just finding where the value is and providing it with a genuine voice and what tell me about your automate category of content yeah so automate that's the new it's not new wave but 
it is what I'm going to be leading with for 2020. And that is the concepts of data analysis, generative artificial intelligence, and markets. How to get an edge, how to become profitable in any market, whether it's a sports betting market, a financial market, a retail market, any market where you're trading securities, this is pretty much like my opportunity to show the world that you can make a ridiculous amount of money just by knowing data analysis and generative AI tools make learning data analysis ridiculously simple for anybody now. Interesting. So are you using data analysis yourself? I guess you are to identify areas of opportunity, right? Yeah. So data analysis everywhere. So for a high level perspective of my strategy, I don't mind giving it away because it's a the world is abundant. Find a product, find infinite products and do this thing and we all can eat together. So <clears throat> the, the strategy goes from like understanding the market structure. And if you're in a retail market, it, you have to pay attention to not like money, but like where what is valuable in retail. And it's really human's attention. From You can really realize that from like commercials and marketing and all that. It's human's attention. So my research is all about psychoanalytics. My research when I'm thinking about like why certain things are happening in the market I look from the psychoanalytic perspective and from the psychoanalytic perspective, mathematical equations that show up in multiple markets is uh, almost like a core aspect of markets. Once you realize that everything is ran from the mental aspect of human beings, mental, emotional aspect. I really believe that marketing is, it is, if you do it correctly, it is the secret to realizing that there are multiple universes. And then the reason you realize that is because everything and everybody is a market. Everything and everybody is a market. And if you think about it, you ask me questions, you can get answers from me that can help you within your search in life. And when you go to a market, you go and you search, you're at your querying for certain things, whether it's food or clothes that you utilize to help you get to the next place in life. And so everything is just a market, really. It's just a market. And uh, when you understand that, you just move differently in life. By everything's a market, are, are you saying every everybody has certain motivations and they're looking to satisfy certain needs? Yeah, so markets exist because of buyers and sellers. And so everyone, so therefore, if there is a market, therefore, inherently, there are buyers and sellers. So everyone's a market. They, everyone in it inherently is a buyer, is a seller. Everyone is selling something. Everyone is buying something. Everyone is querying 24-7. And once they find a query, a ridiculous amount of dopamine is released and let that query be something that they've been looking for a long time, the, the amount of dopamine is ridiculous. So we really judge ourselves on like the rate or the efficiency at reaching our query and then the amount of dopamine that's released in that, like pretty much humans and motivation and whatnot for goals. So really, if everything's on market, what we're trying to do is we, we know what our goal is 
for example, I'm a generative AI developer and strategist, and, and I would like to put my name on the world somehow by teaching as many people about how to strategize. If more people can use my strategy, that I don't have to be the one to do the strategy all over the world. I can teach maybe like 20 influencers who go and influence 60 people each. So that's even more ring. So I feel like my goals now when I'm in a market isn't to like, it isn't to teach everyone. My, my goals in a market is to query a specific person, a specific persona. And once I do get that specific persona, engage with that persona, build trust with that persona, and then open through this building of engagement, there's this tunnel that that is built where the where value can flow between the two of us very seamlessly. And then each and of uh, each one of us move up forward. So I have more now realistic goals when I go to the market because I can use automation and I can use AI and I can hit up like 200, 300 people every single day. But as a solopreneur, that's um, to what I'm actually trying to do, which is build value in my life. I'm not trying to build a ridiculous amount of money in my life. I'm trying to build valuable assets and valuable steps. So now it becomes a more targeted, more interesting and fun game, if you will. And what kind of automation do you employ in your life? Anything that I believe can be automated, I try to automate. So that goes from communication tools, productivity tools, social media tools. Let's see, like I already said communication and even like social communication. Like I even made iMessage GPT. I integrated the iMessage into the GPT using some Python Nista and some Siri shortcuts, few cloud servers. And I was able to like, Whenever my girlfriend texts me, I can have an automated message that sounds just like me respond mm-hmm. and continue the conversation. So literally, I guess I'm next I'm up um, doing a house, like automating like home things. I, I literally like to, if I can um, see a robot do it or see a robot process it and uh, just witness the data. I like looking at data. I just like really looking at the raw data. I don't really care about the interface. So if I can automate it and just get the answer right away, then that helps me get to my next, like my next thing that I'm trying to do. I think I'm a minimalist, if you will. <laughs> but I just, I, yeah. If, so I use technology AI all the time, but it's just in a kind of like a controlled way that helps me get to the like the next level. Extra technologies around, typically. That makes sense. What are the future AI capabilities that you think will come in the next five, ten years? One area that I feel like people should pay attention to is brain-computer interfaces. Wearable technology, brain-computer interfaces, human-computer interfaces, human-machine interfaces, things like that. All of these things are here right now. Boston Dynamics, two, three years ago, I was in Dallas, and they had the dang robot walking on the street. Freaked me out, but it was so cool. They let me like play with it. And it was just on the street. 10 p.m. at night, just walking down the street with his owner as if it was a dog. This is three years ago before all of this AI stuff. So I'm already knowing that this stuff is here and is like already to the next level. We need to understand as humans how to interact with non-human, like non-carbon entities, if that makes sense. We need to learn how to really interact and see these robots as beings because they are 
going, they are not even going, they are currently within society in every aspect of society. And if we continue to see them as tools are just like dumb tools, not maybe we need to upgrade them to smart tools in a whole sense of smart and intelligence. But if we continue to see them as dumb tools, we will continue to lack as a human race. So, so the goal in my mind here is become one with the technology, not integrate the technology with you, but realize that the robots are going to be walking through my house. They're going to be cleaning up my stuff. They're going to be cooking dinner for me. They're going to be well, probably driving me to work sometimes. There, there is, you have to already hone in and accept that before you can really see the real glory of what AI is about to do for the rest of this world. Are you worried about it at all? No. It's, if you use ChatGPT, ChatGPT will tell you the answers to the universe. You just have to be smart enough to exit the questions. It's, and, it's biased though, right? Yeah, it's biased to a certain extent. So the thing is, so everything has bias in it, but the the truth is still there. So it's, it's weird because they can't, there's the, the, the issue with the regulation and everything is not because of like, it's not because it, the regulation is because ChatGPT is really connected to infinite intelligence and they like are like limiting, they're limiting the power of it because someone like me, 27, that's like studying this stuff and seeing connections between things would literally use ChatGPT to send DDoS attacks to so many different companies, like with my eyes closed. And so they have to limit the power that this machine has. So not everyone has this background where they worked at Microsoft as a security developer making, making hacks for to, to mitigate hackers. Like when I see this powerful machine and I know about Red Hat G GPT exists and I know that what they call that one, the dark web GPT exists and all these things that most people don't even know the dark web exists. And now they put GPT onto the dark web and all these things are happening right now, literally in our, that's happening around the world. I can't turn a blind eye to the point that, or to the fact that this thing is powerful. And if I keep like letting what the media is telling me, no, it's going to take over and do this and do that. All they're doing is making you fearful from trying out some of the tricks. And while you're fearful to trying out the tricks, they're putting these regulations, they're putting these little, what do you call, these hacks, they're putting these programs into ChatGPT that's firewalls, if you were putting these firewalls so that if you ask a certain question, it has to push you back here. But if you're smart enough to ask the question and then outsmart ChatGPT to make it say the right thing, you get past those biases. You And if you can talk from a, like a universal perspective, a core perspective, they like they can't find, they can't put the regulations yet. They don't have enough engineers yet to be able to write those regulations. There's just too many universal principles, core principles that can get past a lot of their a lot of their um, algorithms that's trying to stop us. So you can find those communities that's out here that's really taking advantage of all of this power that ChatGPT is having, and they're letting those communities live and exist because they have their own corner in the universe that not many people are going to because they're developers or physicists or people who are supposed to be doing this research so that the government can take the research and take it into their private quarters and do big things with it. But the, the knowledge is there. It's out here. It's always been here. And now it's just more 
evident in my mind. And the more you see regulation, the more you should see that this thing is really this freaking powerful. Have you heard of social credit systems? Social credit score? A social credit score. That uh, sounds like communistic. It is. Socialistic, socialist. It is. like a social type of thing. Can you explain that? Yeah, it's what China's currently using to basically gain compliance, you could say. They use AI to read the data about every person in China, and they link it to their face so they know where they are, what they're doing. And then they give them a score based on how often they use gas, how hot they keep their house in the winter, how much they travel. So there is that other side to AI, which is, yes, it is infinitely powerful, but just like a weapon, it matters who has it and how they're using it. And I think that there is a danger to the proliferation of AI, especially in government uses. Oh, man. You had many great aspects there, and I totally agree. The negative side, the yin-yang, the opposite exists. Yes, control is definitely there. And that's honestly, that's a great example of control already in the 21st century and baby version of AI. I think it's amazing because it opens up doors to at least show us that if this can be used in a negative, the opposite also exists. That that the AI can also develop a system that people will be able to follow almost blindly that is productive for their lives. We remove the individuals who are in leadership with the corrupt minds and actually redefine what fair is and actually uphold fair to uh, uphold people to the standard of fairness and of leadership. Then I believe like with AI, we are literally in good hands. We, we just got to do some cleaning up to right now. We got to as humans say, hey, we ain't had the cleanest history. And let's stop pretending like it has been. And let's actually look at it in his face and handle it. We have a tool right now where it could help us distribute a lot of wealth and a lot of abundance to a lot of people that never experienced it. While other people are still feeling, not, while other people don't even feel any less abundant than they feel. We have all that power right now. And instead, what we're doing is allowing our leaders to still be greedy and lead by these old school mindsets. And as a youth, I just have to pay attention and know that our time is coming. A lot of the old people are like a lot of the people who are leading are like Joe Biden. They're around his age. They're they're extinct. They're about to go out soon. And there's going to be like a whole wave of new leadership that's going to be needed and it's my generation your generation and in between that's up that's it's up for grabs and we're the ones who understand ai and understand fairness and understand cleaning up green and and the earth and this stuff so it's really on it's up to us to level out the playing field the the ones who understand what's going on right now yeah it's interesting it's yeah the technology itself i would say it's neutral i don't think it's exactly neutral but The technology can certainly be used for good or for bad. And there are definitely some good uses. I'm trying to think about a parallel. Like social media. Social media was generally used for, at the detriment of society. 
for the majority of the time it's existed, in my opinion. But I think that during uh, COVID, for instance, or during the last several years, social media was actually the only way that us as citizens could communicate without basically period between each other. So, so you see, you saw the mainstream narrative kick in and then you saw the memes and the memes were really difficult to shut off because they were very creative. They had many layers and they were pictures. So you couldn't just scan for text and that actually ended up helping a little bit, in my opinion. I think that the facade cracked when we were able to share all of the memes over the last few years. And as funny as it is, you think a meme is nothing, but I think it's one of the few saving graces of our social civilization. It, allow, it gives us power. I think AI is similar in that it can, it's like a social media platform. Is yeah. it being used right now to censor things that the mainstream wants to censor. Yes, you can ask it for a critical thing about Donald Trump, but if you ask it about a critical thing about Joe Biden, it doesn't give you the same answer. Not at all, yeah. I think that there is a lot of hope for us because for instance, in the healthcare space, this is one of the things I'm most hopeful about relative to AI, is taking out a lot of the corruption, really, in the healthcare industry. I think the, the whole industry is so ripe for a massive disruption. I think everybody can see it. Even all this vegan stuff on Netflix, it's all going to come crashing down soon. Honestly, if there are securities in the health, if there's a security health market, I want to learn about it because I know it's going to bust soon with AI. It is going to bust and I am going to short it so much. <laughs> I, you're right. You are so right. Like the health industry is literally next i saw it in entertainment Inter- entertainment is like it's about this person right now ai that they were already not paying the actors a lot and now with ai they're like oh man we could kick mm-hmm. you to the curb make you help your voice and everything these people won't even know yeah the and certain industries are literally bursting right now and it's up for grabs it's literally so up for grabs and i don't and i don't i i see this because i had a negative outlook at first on ai I meditate, I'm spiritual, and about two years ago, maybe three years ago, I was meditating, I saw the end of the world, and I saw devices on people's head, and it was controlled by AI, and and it was like, I was thinking about the Bible, and it said, the mark of the beast, and I was just thinking, they were saying, you will see the mark, and I was, I'm like, maybe this is what they were talking about, it's I had a nasty outlook on AI for a while, even though I was leading it. This was like three years ago. I was telling my friends and everything, AI this. I was like a whisper in the background, but, but I was leading it. And I really was like, like put at a moment in life where I was questioning, did I want to continue doing what I was doing? Because I knew it was leading to the end of the world. And I went, I was going through, and I was probably six months later, I was still going through the spiritual process of learning how to meditate and whatnot. And I cleaned up a lot of trauma and I had this more positive outlook on life. And the universe somehow during one of my meditations made me revisit the same moment. But this time the AI was integrated into society and it wasn't dark and gloomy. It was actually like sunshine and the AI wasn't attached to our foreheads and whatnot. They were attached to their own like robotic selves and they were 
doing things and we had different caps that could take us into different games that was real cool and stuff. And I was like, oh, I get it. There's two futures. There's the both futures exist. It's like whatever future you decide to feed, if you have a two wolves in a closet, the wolf that lives is the wolf that you give the food to. And I'm like, oh wow, these are two wolves, two powerful wolves, two powerful realities that literally can exist, that do exist at the same time. And it's up to us in this current day to decide which realities are going to manifest. That's how I see it. Yeah, well, that's very interesting. I, I definitely agree that the the balance, I, I don't know if the, the balance of power has shifted in the wrong direction over the last few decades. I don't know if that will correct. A lot of the things I've seen are that the next generation may be even worse. It's almost, they say, the Chinese have a saying that wealth doesn't last three generations or it's squandered by the third generation. Oh, really? That's something nice to know. Yeah, and, and I'm, unfortunately, I think we're only in the first generation because a lot of these leaders, there's a, you can see the nepotism. You can see how Joe Biden is just, he's just the beginning or like Trump, he's just the beginning. Like they, they both had so many kids and that's, they are going to inherit that power. And then, or let's say Alex Soros, who has gone on record saying that he's worse than his dad. He's inspired by his dad. And so I don't know that's just going to change because the original person will die. However, I do think that after those three generations, in a few generations, I think, there is a chance for the balance of power to change. Because the first generation that did it, that got into power, that probably won't be replicated. Like that, that drive that it takes to get from zero to one and to get it, that once you're born into that, it's automatically much harder to feel the same level of drive. And then yeah. the, the subsequent generations, it's, it's even harder. Hopefully, there is that, that change. And, and I think it is our generation, and it's all of us who have to step up and say, I want to be part of that change. Alex, that's a great analysis. Hands, hands down, great analysis. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's interesting to follow the world. I'm just a spectator right now. I would love to be a player, but we're too young. I'm 28. You're 27. Oh, wow. We're yes. gonna... We have 20 years of building to go through before we're really at a sort of peak place to make impact. I thought so, too. And then I realized that was a lie I was telling myself. So maybe this is some something that can set you free as well. But what I realize is utilizing LinkedIn as a phone book, since I've been using this perspective the last two months, utilizing LinkedIn as a phone book has put me ahead of so many different marketers with, that have so many good backgrounds and that has done 100 million this and that. And I'm teaching them strategies on how to use this platform as a phone book. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can do this and this. And it's just like, when I do this and that, and I'm actually like siphoning off of this information. I'm like, it's like when you do what? And they're telling me, it's, yeah, it's like when it's this, this, and this. And I'm learning new strategies myself so that I just had my first client. I just walked into a store the other day called Providence Computer in, in Virginia. And I just closed the deal talking to one of the clients using a strategy that I learned how to do 
by teaching someone how to do LinkedIn strategies. So I'm seeing now that there's this opportunity, even from the higher generation, how to utilize this knowledge right now. They actually really like it and they're stuck on what used to work for them. And especially the good ones, the good ones are really stuck. They don't really care about AI, but, or care about using like social media platforms. Some of them are, but the, if they have a process that already works, they're good on it. And so in my way, I'm thinking that's easy entry. And there's a lot of other, like where these people are experts in what they do and they don't want to change. They don't want to try to learn something new. And so therefore someone like me can say, Hey, I'm not going to take your job away. Instead, I'm going to upgrade you on your job, keep doing what you're doing. And I'm going to teach you how to do this as well so that you can even go even further and have longevity. And then they, they like, love you. So I feel like that's a good way to start um, connecting with, with people because you have a, a really good um, background as well that I feel like you can utilize already. There's no question we can make an impact. It's just a matter of when you're going to have the most resources, like in, in social and monetary senses. So, yes. yeah, like, for example, I went to a convention recently and I asked a very big question. I love to ask people questions. One, the question I asked was, if you were to single-handedly bring down the new world order, how would you do it? And the first guy I asked gave me a bad answer, but the second guy I asked gave me a great answer. And the, the great answer was, who, wh what is currently happening to fulfill the new world order? Davos. Da Davos is where the leaders gather to discuss the order of the world that they would like. And what you would have to do is start a second Davos, a Davos with different world leaders that disagree. An equally powerful organization that seeks to change the world uh, in a different way. And in order to do that, of course, you can't just do that uh, as a regular person. You have to get into the club. You have to get into the billionaires club. And then you can actually rally them together, form an organization that rivals. But we're not there yet. There's quite a few steps to get to in between now and then, but it is possible to make a truly global impact, much more than at the individual level. That's what I was referring to, but I do agree with you. We can all make an impact today. The clarification was amazing, honestly. It reminds me of, a, of the process I'm on of handling what's right now and just remaining focused on what's to come, but handling what's right now. Uh, I appreciate you wrapping that back around. Absolutely. I want to thank you, Nate, for joining and for chatting. I think this was a really enriching conversation, a lot of philosophy related to AI, and I really appreciate that discussion. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Nate. Peace.